Good morning and welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast Live. It is Wednesday, the 26th of September, 2018. Thank you for joining. I'm your host, Edwin Frondozo. The business, if you're new to the show, the Business Leadership Podcast Live is a live radio call-in show where I speak to business leaders, subject matter experts, and thought leaders to discuss the latest innovations, current events, or best practices that help that can help you personally and professionally grow. This episode is brought to you by State Farm Canada. Many of you in our audience are business owners and entrepreneurs, just like your local State Farm agent. So when it's time to renew your business policy or review the coverage that you have, it's worth it to reach out to State Farm. To find an agent, please visit statefarmagent.ca. State Farm Canada is becoming Desjardins Insurance, the same great agents backed by Desjardins. Hey, everyone. Again, first off, Thank you for taking the time to join us. If you are joining us live, please let us know. Write it in the notes below that you're part of the team live. I'm super excited to introduce my co-host today. His name is Chris Strub. He is the CEO at I Am Here. He's actually going to be joining us from London, England. So it's, this is actually my first international dialogue call. So happy to share it with Chris. A bit backstory of Chris. A couple of years ago in 2015, he, he hopped in his Honda Civic and he traveled across the United States to meet and help non-for-profits. Plus shake up the way they traditionally tell their stories through the use of, through the use of live streaming video. He, his use of Snapchat across 50 states and in 100 Days Tour was an adventure of a lifetime and has transformed him into a global traveler, social activist, plus a two-time author. Obviously, our topic today, and I'm super interested in this stuff because I'm always trying to up my game, is, is live streaming and how to live stream your story for yourself or your thought leader or for your organization, non-for-profit, or even, even a for-profit business. Um, so again, if you are joining us live, would love to hear from you. If you have any stories, any expertise on live streaming, let us know. Join the conversation. Um, it would be great. Chris, thank you. Thank you for joining us and being a co-host today. How are you? Been, I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, this is super exciting. Um, I just got here to London in the last hour. Um, and as I mentioned, this is uh, my first time outside of North America. So I heard you say this is your first international interview. Well, uh, we're in the same boat there as well, but I'm I'm overjoyed to be here. We've got some great stuff to, to chat about. Well, I mean, I've been to Europe a ton of times. My wife is from uh, Slovakia, so you're probably your energy is pretty high. But I know when I go to Europe, brother, man, that jet lag hits me hard. But <laughs> maybe yeah, because, so, maybe it's your first time there, so it, it, you might be able to to, to yeah, get over it quickly. It's very interesting how the time sort of accelerates, but you're on that adrenaline rush as well. So I actually ended up just not sleeping the first night I was here, and then. Um, you know, sort of falling asleep and, and sleeping really well the, the second night. So I'm all caught up. It feels like four o'clock over here. I know it's still the morning over in North America. So um, yeah, it's been an adjustment, but rock and roll and ready to go. Well, well, thank you again for taking the time off, especially in your first trip to Europe. So let's just jump in. I actually, I want to just do an introductory for those who may be listening, because we have a lot of emerging business leaders who, who may be maybe know what live streaming is, but never got into it. Can you give us a quick overview or maybe your ele elevator pitches? What is live streaming and why is it important? So live streaming, um, which really sort of had a renaissance in, I would say, 2015 with the onset of two apps uh, called Periscope and Meerkat. 
Um, live streaming has been around for, for years and you know decades, um, of course, with television, being able to watch videos live on the internet. But what's really made a huge difference and what's really made this impactful for businesses over the past three and a half years or so is the ability to sustain uh, engaging conversations, kind of like we're doing here on your show today, um, where the broadcasters uh, can uh, communicate directly and drive conversations um, with their audience. Uh, and of course, the audience as well can engage in their own conversations. And we all know that the most important and valuable aspect of social media is that conversation and that engagement. And so live streaming, you know, especially for businesses that have, you know, a, a brick or mortar presence uh, or for businesses that, that really have that, that retail aspect, um, it can be a tremendous way to harbor and to, to, um, to gather their audience's infer, uh, attention and keep them wanting to come back um, to purchase, to re-up, whatever that service that you're looking to sell to your audience is, it's a great way to stay in their attention span uh, when harnessed properly. And I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about how to best leverage live streaming, but um, it's really, in, in short, a great way to, um, to gather and to hold your audience's attention um, at the touch of a button. No, for sure. And I mean, for me, live streaming, it's it's amazing. It's at, the, it's at your fingertips, right? It's almost like this this platform for dialogue where it's only voice, a little more intimate per, per se. But uh, when we talk about live streaming and I when you're talking with customers or organizations, Chris, are there any particular industries that are, are like like really a perfect match for live streaming now? Yeah, I, I mean, I think... I think live streaming is great for pretty much any industry. And part of my role as uh, sort of um, an ambassador and, and for live streaming, so to speak, is to be able to make that match for any sort of brand or business. And that's something I'm really looking forward to doing, um, you know, in these travels that we'll talk about as well. But, um, you know, for me, my passion has fallen with nonprofits. And the reason why I think it's such a special opportunity for nonprofits is, uh, is twofold, right? That the most important thing um, that you can have uh, for a great uh, live stream or any sort of content on social media as a story. And so many of the nonprofits that I've had a chance to work with uh, across North America um, have that super impactful, powerful, impassioned story. And using live streaming um, can also be very simple. And we know that for nonprofits, um, oftentimes resources uh, can be a bit strapped. Um, you know, cost can definitely be an issue. And so I, I love to speak about live streaming from a, a granular, granular level, from sort of where you would start. And what's really been incredible about live streaming over the last few years is that you can do it uh, with just the device that you have in your pocket. So, uh, you know, I, I would say nonprofits uh, really have a great, great opportunity to seize on uh, live streaming uh, in ways that maybe we've seen some of the, the larger for-profits um, sort of use it successfully over the last few years as well. Yeah, and, and what's what's interesting to me, Chris, and maybe I'd love to get your insight on this, from my point of view, working with non-for-profits and the business leaders that I know who run non-for-profits, they typically go the traditional route to tell their story, whether it's, um, you know, doing an event, uh, you know, raising funds or doing things that are really expensive. Like when you work with non-for-profits, like was there a lot of resistance or were they asking for this now? I don't know that resistance is the right word. I think it's more uncertainty and it's more um, lack of understanding, 
right? That uh, maybe you think that there's a lot more obstacles to creating uh, a broadcast and creating something that is enjoyable and valuable to your audience. Um, you know, so I think it's more naivete than it is resistance um, because for nonprofits and, and for you know, any business really, um, when you're, you're, you're trying to drive the goal of, of raising awareness, um, you know, and we get a lot of that I spoke at here yesterday in person, but ultimately for-profits and nonprofits often share that same goal of trying to get their brand out there. Um, you know, we talk about the know, like, and trust factor, um, but as Mark Schaefer, Mark Schaefer off, uh, talks about in his book, Known, um, you have to start with getting known. And uh, we know, of course, the data shows that everyone is on Facebook uh, for the most part. So hmm. to create content that is interactive and engaging um, on a platform where we know that your audience is spending time, it's uh, a pretty simple formula. And uh, I think that nonprofits, when they understand um, how simple and how impactful um, sharing your story can be, um, they recognize that it's a great opportunity. And, and I've been very blessed to see a lot of the uh, nonprofits that I've worked with um, get started. And it, it's really a blessing to be able to keep up with them um, individually through uh, the streams of our individual audiences around the nation. No, that's amazing. Uh, I want to dig into that a bit more, but it, I just wanted to address, if you are joining us live, we'd love to hear from you. Whether... Um, whether you have experience in live streaming or you're coming from a non-for-profit and you have a specific question, just type it into the browser. If you do have, I'd love to, if you're listening, I'd love to have you join us. If you are calling in from a non-for-profit that is successfully doing live streaming and seeing leaps and bounds, just, just hit the button at the top to join the live, the, 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 the dialogue and I'll, and I'll patch you in as well. Um, do you have Chris, Getting back to having people start, do you have any specific things that you've used for nonprofits that 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 really got them starting to make an impact, or any really success stories that you love to share when you're out there? Yeah, I mean, I try and lead by example. Um, I do a lot of live streaming on my own, um, and I don't own a lot of sophisticated equipment. Um, I don't have a big lighting setup. I don't have uh, sophisticated audio. Uh, I was trying to get my microphone to work before our show today. Uh, but, uh, we're, we're rocking, we're rolling. Um, so I think it's more a matter of gathering these examples as you go along. And I try and use my uh, personal social media uh, feeds um, in ways that, that share out and really sort of celebrate those that are taking that leap, right? That uh, it, it's, it, it's more about understanding exactly what success looks like to you as well too. And I think that's the real part of the issue, uh, Edwin, is that um, success is going to look different for every kind of organization. And we're stuck in uh, culturally this rut where we see uh, videos go viral and we define that as success. But for a nonprofit, success could be as simple as someone picking up the phone or someone walking into your facility after they see your live stream. And so I love seeing organizations like Big Brothers, Big Sisters uh, of South Texas, for example, mm -hmm. um, using live streaming just the other day at their Bowl for Kids Sake event um, down in the heart of Texas. Um, you know, just simple things like that where you may not be driving the, the, the natural sort of engagement that you might expect uh, because 
people don't really want to reveal sometimes that they are impacted or that they are listening to the messages that a nonprofit is sending out. Think about it. Yeah. Right? If, if you're uh, uh, addicted to drugs or you can't afford to buy food for your family or you need help with your taxes, well, all of these services that nonprofits offer, they're not fruity, fluffy, like come to the chocolate shop and we'll live stream together about how much you love your Camarillo Macchiato, right? But these are the sort of things that, it's really important that nonprofits remember why they do what they do. And it's really valuable to be able to get them to share those messages, uh, even if the success comes in smaller increments. You no, know? And that's, that's really where uh, I think we need to continue to set the, the compass for nonprofits that, that may be shy about getting started. Remember that changing one life um, can really make an enormous difference. And you can do that just by pressing a button and getting started. That's right. And it's really understanding the why you're doing it. And if you're affecting one person, especially for non-for-profits, they get you gotta remember it may not be the masses. Let's do it one by one and and scale from there. But we do have someone who wants to join us, Chris. Her name is Christine. I'm gonna just patch her in and hopefully she could share a story or ask a question for us. Hey Christine, Edwin here. Uh, welcome to the show. Hello, Christine. Are you there? Maybe we're having mic issues with Christine. We'll give her another couple seconds to to ask us a question. Hey, Christine. We can't hear you. Okay, well, I'm going to mute her. And maybe, it, Christine, if you're still there and you get your mic set up, maybe you need to just refresh the browser. Just message us on, on, the, on the comments below. Let us know you're ready to go. Um, well, Edwin, Edwin, I'd love to hear your experience. You know, when was the first time you used live streaming and, and what sort of trepidation did you have before you got started? Oh, man, live streaming. I, I, you know what? I don't have a science to it yet. And uh, this is why I was really, really pumped to have you have you and have this discussion. But for yeah. me, I probably did it in Meerkat and Periscope originally. You know, I was I'm that type of person. I was I used to run a very popular Twitter chat for four years. So I was always someone who is live and doing things in person. So when this stuff came, I think there was a, maybe it was uncomfortable. Like you, this is, I can't hide behind the keyboard. So I would do things little, I didn't know what content I was sharing. Um, so I actually did a hack. It wasn't a hack. It wasn't live streaming for me to get over that uncomfortable feeling is I actually did sort of daily diaries, what people do now, maybe on LinkedIn. I did it on YouTube three, four years ago. I did two or three a week until I hit a hundred. And I was just putting it out there just for me to be comfortable. And you know, there were three minute videos, Chris, and I'd put it there and people started recognizing me and seeing it. And even though my, my viewer count was low because I wasn't really marketing it, I was just doing it for me. Sure. Um, um, it helped me a uh, um, uh, it helped me a lot. So for me now with live streaming, I still, I'm still thinking I need to do it more and more for my thought leadership in terms of business leadership. But when I do live streaming, it's typically on Instagram. I'll go live. I'll do some things on my thoughts, but I don't have any method to the madness yet, Chris. So I'd love your thoughts on like, how do I get started? Do I do it like a weekly thing? Do I just do it out of the blue? Cause I've seen people in my industry when they're doing personal development or whatnot, you know, they'll just jump on live one time out of nowhere and just start talking to people. And I love that. Yeah. Well, I think, um, 
the big key that I always speak about is that consistency is greater than frequency. And of course, you know that with the Twitter chat that mm -hmm. you have to set your expectations for people to want to come back and to uh, consume that content or participate in the content on a regular basis. We also have to remember that this is a, uh, a pretty severe behavioral uh, shift um, on social media, particularly on Facebook. You know, the mm -hmm. Facebook had been around for about a decade before we introduced Facebook Live. And so most people on Facebook are still just used to sharing, uh, you know, memes or watching recorded videos or posting on each other's wall. Um, so we, I always try and remember this long-term game, right? That we're still, it, it may feel like it's been a long time since we started this whole live streaming extravaganza a few years ago, but um, I just try and be consistent with what I create both on a, on a, uh, from a content creation perspective, you know, I try and think episodically, which is where the idea of something like visiting all 50 US states in 100 days comes from, right? That during that trip, you could tune in and watch a live stream. Uh, and if you missed it, you knew that Chris was gonna be back the next day from the following state. It's like watching uh, a, your favorite television show, you know, or the six o'clock news. Like if you miss the news on Tuesday, well, it's not a big deal because you can come back and catch up the news on Wednesday. So you have to think, you know, my friend Brian Fanzo always talks about think like a fan, right? You want to think like a viewer and you want to be able to give people that next thing um, that they want to consume, uh, you know, on a regular basis. I'm sure you'll announce by the end of this show, you know, uh, come back and see us next week or listen to us next week. Um, and that's what's, what's really important with live streaming as well. We're not reinventing the wheel. We're just adding in that live interactive video element. Um, but we also want to make sure that we're giving people that consistent pattern of content. But again, it doesn't need to be every day, Edwin. I would say for many nonprofits, and I've seen some success like with the United Way in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, they do a live stream about 30 minutes a month. And yet you know that you can go on, I think they do the first Monday of the month. You can go to their Facebook page on that Monday and you can tune in and you can communicate live interactively about the most important message that they have that month. So even just a few minutes a month, uh, if you can make that commitment on an ongoing basis, will make all the difference for you in your long-term live streaming success. No, that's amazing. And that's something that I, I need to consider as well because I'm, I'm pumping out four pieces of content every week. I do about three live dialogues, live podcasts like this one we're on. And then I'm, we're producing an actual podcast interview. So now it's like, how do I mix that in? And it's something that's always on my mind. And, uh, and, and, and I know when I do live stuff, it's so personal um, because it's just my face. Right. <laughs> so people, it, it's, it's almost like a pattern interrupt, right? If I, if all of a sudden there's a Facebook feed and it's my face and Edwin talking, not in my pajamas, but sort of speak in a very, personal location i think people engage with that and i'm sure you see that all the time um i just wanted to interrupt if you are joining us live love to hear from you i know christine um we tried to punch you um bring you in but we couldn't hear you peter peter's on the line he wants to he want he, he wants to ask a question so i'm going to patch him in uh chris give me one second yeah. let's do it peter you're live you're live on the show right now Hello, Peter. Peter in Canada. I feel like Larry King. I feel like I feel like we're not getting anyone on these calls. 
I hope that our, our replay listeners realize that these are real people. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, the replay people, for sure, it's going to look like real people, hopefully. I mean, these are these are definitely real. Hey, Peter, if you if you could hear us, can you do me a favor and just write a comment below? Because we can't hear you right now. And maybe you are talking to us. So um, um, we just want to know. Um, and I would say too to the to the live listeners, if we can see the comments here as well. So if you yeah. want, if you have a specific question uh, for either one of us, um, we can read the comments and, and get to it that way as well. Okay. Well, we'll just we'll just keep going here. For sure. Well, I know that Peter was was dialing in for uh, a reason as well that. Uh, you know, I'm very, very excited to uh, break some news here uh, on the show as well today, Edwin. Okay. Do you know? Do you know the news, or maybe he's going to write it? Oh, here we go. He has a question. Our man in TO Peter is asking: Can you speak to the cost of entry, and also about how quickly you can scale? Thinking of your work with community foundations. Sure. Yeah, so uh, the cost of entry is basically zero. Uh, I mean, you need to have your smartphone and have either a strong Wi-Fi connection and or uh, a data plan of some sort. Um, but in terms of just uh, setting up your device and pressing that button, um, I've done this hundreds of times with different organizations where we just hold up a, a, a cell phone and go. Now, there are ways that you can improve your live streams, right? But what I always encourage organizations to do, instead of sending them a suggested list of uh, uh, hardware and such like that. Um, I want them to get started and try it and see what their comfort comfort level is. See what their uh, they see uh, can be improved. You know, do I need more lighting? Do I need to invest in a professional microphone? You know, so once you do that first broadcast, go in, rewatch it, and see what you think. And that's how you're going to um, get better. But when you talk about the ability to scale, I think that ties back in with the last answer we just spoke about, which was your ability to scale is tied directly to your ability to commit to not giving up uh, on your uh, content plan. And that's not just live streaming. You know, that's, that could be blogging, that could be podcasting, that could be tweeting, uh, you know, holding a Twitter chat, right? If you hold a Twitter chat two or three times, um, you're not going to get the sort of response uh, that you're going to get, you know, like Edwin has successfully uh, accomplished, you know, with your chat over the years. So, um, I, I think you have to have the patience and the understanding, uh, just like anything else in life, that building relationships takes time, building an audience takes time, and live streaming, while it might feel like magic, um, it is not a magic wand, it's not a magic button. See, I, I'm trying to make Harry Potter references while I'm here in the UK. You don't wave the magic wand and, and just immediately get success with anything that you do in life. So it's it's awful to think that live streaming should be tried to, you should try to hold yourself to that standard. So. Um, I think you can scale quickly if you uh, learn from the experts, pick up on the things that you can uh, apply to your own plan that are going to make you feel successful. Um, but you have to be patient. I think patience is, is definitely um, the biggest key to scaling your success um, through live streaming or any other social media strategy you might implement. No, for sure. It'd be, I, would, I would add, Chris, uh, to Peter, it's patience, like you said, consistency, and not giving up, right? Because it could be when I like I've for my podcast interviews, I'm at seventy nine now. But you know, your first twenty, 
maybe it's just your friends and family. Maybe it's your mom who's only listening, right? <laughs> but if you, yeah. if you keep showing consistency and keep going out there, um, you have to be patient, right? So um, I wanted to see if I could get Christine again. I know she has her question. Oh, there you are. Thank Hi. you for thank you for joining us, Christine. Of course. Thanks, Christine. What's up? Happy to be here. Hey. So my question is, um, so you're doing all this video, including live video, and there's a bunch of different places now to do video. Of course, Facebook Live, Instagram Store, all of that. Um, but I'm assuming you're not slapping the same thing up on every single video site. So how how would you suggest kind of tailoring content for different video platforms? It's a terrific question. Um, I think you have to have a good understanding of who your audience is and where they are. And the, the, average, the standard way that I would answer that question, Christine, is uh, that for most nonprofits, their primary audience is going to be on Facebook, right? Uh, not just the audience, the potential audience, but the audience that they've spent the last probably decade plus building. That's why I encourage them to use Facebook Live um, and start there. Um, I think for other brands and businesses and, and eventually nonprofits, um, other platforms like Instagram Live, um, and I think that one in particular is uh, has a lot of potential because Instagram, of course, is owned by Facebook. And so I, I strongly believe we're going to see further integration where your Instagram Live is going to be shown on Facebook and vice versa. But without getting too deep into the weeds, um, you know, you... you I would suggest that you're better off not trying to replicate and create the exact same content from channel to channel, just because your audience is going to have different expectations from you uh, from uh, platform to platform. That's a great question. What, do you, what do you think, Edwin? No, I think I totally agree. I, I almost have no, no other insights to do that. Um, um, but yeah, did you have any other questions, Christine? Are we losing? Are we losing, Christine? Well, Christine, if you're still, you? uh, we still got you. Um, thank you for okay. joining. You know, thank you for joining <laughs> us on this conversation. And if you had any other insights or, or stories, I'd like to. Um, I know there was another question coming in, Christine. I'm be happy if you if you want to stay on the call with us. We the more than barrier to be quite honest. But I also want to be. Here. I'm also want to respect Chris's time as he is calling us and joining us from London, England. So, Chris. You let us know if you have a hard stop. But there was a question and a comment from Canadian expat. Um, basically, the comment was super valuable as an organization that represents 2.8 million Canadian expats located around the world. Live streaming is super important. But the only difficulty is handling time zones. What is your thoughts on, on time zones, Chris? So I think, first of all, that's a great question. And Canadian expat, that's awesome that you're, you're sharing this time with us here. Um, of course, I am in a different time zone right now, uh, as is Christine, actually. Um, but we are, um, we want to aim towards creating content, I think, that works both live and on replay is, is sort of the, um, sort of the key to that discussion. So yes, we want to, and this is, this is easier said than done. So one key that you want to start with is uh, welcoming your so-called replay viewers um, at the beginning of each stream. And you definitely want to try and start out with at least uh, maybe a minute or two of content that is going to be completely timeless. Um, that also gives people um, who are receiving notifications that your brand or your business is live, uh, gives them an opportunity to join in. And then you want to sort of structure your live stream in a way that balances 
providing the content that you want to talk about in that time versus the interactivity and the engagement with the audience. I think Edwin is doing a great job of it here where we're kind of balancing, like you can listen to this later on and it should be okay. Um, but if you're listening live, you have that, have that added opportunity to be part of the discussion. So you see that the comments that are coming in, we're able to respond to that live. And so if another organization is listening, we wish that we could also answer your questions as well, but you notice the added benefit of being there in the moment. I, 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 and I, I've never really considered the idea of an expat association, um, but I think that's a fascinating use case. And it might be really interesting to consider creating separate streams at separate times. You know, that if you really want to gain that, that live audience that may be, say, in Europe or in Asia somewhere, um, consider tailoring it completely to your audience. You know, that it might, you, it might be easier for you to live stream at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday, but if it's 2 a.m. and you're creating a show for expats who now live in Asia, that may not make sense for your audience. So as we talked about yesterday at Marketed Live over in Nottingham, it's most important to consider what is valuable to your audience. And when you're talking about live streaming, that can also definitely include the time frame in which you're creating that content. Yeah, I mean, just to add, and it's Edwin here, it's, uh, I know for different groups that I work with and we get on to live, uh, Peter, I, I see you and I'm going to definitely get you to join in us, our conversation, but, uh, you know, I join different either specific groups I'm part of, uh, different masterminds. And these are people all around the world and just trying to do a live zoom call. You have to already think about everyone at that point. So I would definitely agree with Chris. If you have, if you have a large organization global, I would probably set up. Uh, a rolling live even you could do sort of if you wanted only one live stream you could say living and we're going to start talking about the folks in asia at this time and do this or do you do it very specific time time frames that that, that would have been my insight or my my idea on that but let me uh unpatch peter see if we could get him to join this time peter you're live on the air hello peter Oh, we're trying. Maybe the oh, third time is the charm. Peter hung up. Ah. It's what What did I say, Pete? You're <laughs> <laughs> right, here again. Let, let me try it again. We'll do this last time. Pete, you're live on the air. Oh, something's going on. Pete, I don't know if you're on a computer or on, a, or on, a, on your mobile phone. Uh, sometimes it's a little easier. I know I use Chrome. I'm not sure you, what Chris or Christine are using, but uh, uh, let's try that going again. But uh, thank you again, Ken Expat, for, for the question. That, that, that was really great. I, I want to slowly try to wrap it up uh, until we get Pete on the line. Are there any lessons that can be brought over to the for-profits, Chris? Yeah, I think as we speak about the power and the value of live streaming, um, I think the point that I made before about understanding and recognizing your story is what's going to be most important no matter who you are, no matter what brand you're representing. You really want to start your live streaming strategy or your, really your overall marketing strategy with what it is that brings the most continuing value to your audience. And regardless of what your brand is, we know that what you're creating makes your audience and makes your customers life better 
in some form or fashion. So what I what I really encourage uh, both for-profits and nonprofits to consider is what is that thread that you can pull within your business um, that is uh, repeatable, um, but also has that great pattern that you can come back and create episodic content on an ongoing basis. Um, no, I had so to get the uh, Whatever, and I, I think yeah. I hear person in the background, but whatever it is that you can create on an ongoing basis, um, you want to try and make a commitment to do at least 10 or 12 live streams, maybe AM once a week or so. Uh, don't be afraid to make the sale, um, but also definitely don't make it all about making the sale. Um, you want to pretend like you're having a conversation with your audience, earn their trust, and then they'll want to buy from you uh, once that trust has been gained. No, for sure. Um, I, quick question uh, before we slowly roll this out, Chris. In terms of the advice you provide to the non-for-profits that you work with, are there always a specific or a very similar call to action at the end of each live stream? Or are you sometimes, let's just provide 110% value and we won't even have a call to action. Like, like what are your thoughts on you know, when you launch a live stream? Obviously, you're putting time and effort into it, right? Yes. Um, I think you want to make sure that, like I just said, the, the entirety of the live stream is not one big call to action. You definitely want to provide value. Think about how you can enrich the viewer's uh, life or enrich their experience with what you're providing. Um, but is the call to action always the same? No. And uh, if you come to one of my uh, live streaming seminars, you know that this is a huge part of what I talk about. So I'm so glad you asked this question. Um, you definitely want to know what specifically your purpose is in that live stream as well. And you can create different streams of content um, to accomplish different goals. What do I mean by that? And again, to put this back into the, the nonprofit sector, because uh, mm -hmm. I'm just most comfortable speaking about that for the moment. Um, you know, what exactly is your objective? Do we want to generally raise awareness of the organization or do we want to specifically raise funds? Do we want to attract more volunteers? Are we looking to attract more board members? Um, you know, what exactly is it that we're trying to accomplish in the course of this stream? And then you want to build your content out based on that. So if, if you're looking to recruit new board members for the following year, you may want to sit down and do sort of a, a talking heads interview with one of your current board members or your board chair. That content is not going to be really exciting and interesting maybe to the general public. Mm -hmm. but you have to remember you're speaking to the audience of you know local CEOs and other business people. And by providing value to that brand, to that audience, to that individual, you can make that an added value proposition for a future board member. So it all starts with your objective. And I think, again, as you flex your live streaming muscles and you learn to share your story, your stream your story, um, you can do so in different ways that are going to allow you to achieve different objectives um, through the course of that content. Oh, that's perfect. I really appreciate that. If you are joining us live, we're about a couple of minutes more left. If you want to get a last minute question, definitely just, just throw it into the, uh, the comment section and we'll definitely get get it addressed uh, and we are talking about live streaming uh, the benefits of it specifically from the non-for-profit side but how it translates over to profit um, if you are listening this on the replay definitely you could send a comment send a, send a message to me send it to Chris and we'll definitely get how we could connect that as well Chris 
before we end, I'd love to get any final thoughts to to the to the emerging business leader out there, whether they're coming from non for profits or profits when you talk about live streaming. Sure. Well, um, you know, I, I think uh, live streaming is just another tool in your uh, your your so-called toolbox to build relationships. And ultimately, uh, in, in the grand scheme, that's what we're all trying to accomplish. Um, both, you know, through Twitter chats or through a live call-in show like this, um, we're trying to earn the trust of our audience and uh, build uh, them towards uh, taking the action that we're hoping to do. So, uh, you know, if your Canadian audience uh, is listening, um, I'd love to extend the opportunity to continue that relationship. I'll actually be um, coming to Canada um, in a few weeks um, for what we're calling the Stream Your Story Tour. Um, and you can read all about it at streamyourstory.net. Um, but I'll be doing a four-city tour of Ontario um, from October 15th through the 19th. I'm really, really excited to get up there, um, share some more of this knowledge, have some more you know, specific conversations with uh, both nonprofits and for-profits. Um, and again, you can read all about it at streamyourstory.net. Streamyourstory.net. That's super exciting, Chris. I'm hopefully 100%. I need to meet you in real life and maybe we do a live stream together. Um, can you tell us what cities you are going to be in? Yeah, so uh, I'm coming to Windsor, uh, London, Hamilton, and Toronto. So Windsor will be Monday the 15th, London, the other London. So I'm in London, UK now, and I'm coming up to London, Ontario on October 16th. We'll take a little bit of a breather on the 17th, and then on the 18th, I'll be in Hamilton, and then uh, we'll close out the week uh, October 19th um, in Toronto. It's going to be so exciting. Uh, each one of those days, Edwin, I'm going to be giving a three-hour uh, session about live streaming for nonprofits. Um, I've had the chance to do this session a few times, and it's it's really it's very impactful, and it really sort of walks you through a lot of the principles that we've talked to. And then in the evening, we're actually going to be screening uh, a film that I just debuted uh, earlier this week called 50 States, 100 Days to Film. So if, if this idea of traveling around the United States and live streaming with nonprofits uh, all around uh, our country has any intrigue to you, um, I've been working with uh, uh, a film making, uh, a storytelling company in Indianapolis, and we, we just uh, debuted this film this week here in the United Kingdom. I'm so thrilled to bring that exclusively um, to Canada next month. So it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of excitement. Um, I think it'll be a great opportunity for businesses also to network with one another, um, but also to really uh, gain some interesting insights on how to develop a live streaming strategy that's going to allow you to stand out from the noise um, in 2019 and beyond. That's amazing, Chris. Well, First off, thank you for your time. And before I, I know, I know you just listed out a number of places in websites we could go to, but I just want to, I just want to put it out there in the air because it is recorded. Where can we find or get a hold of you and find more information about you or get a hold of you, um, whether yeah. it's social media? Yeah. Great. So uh, my uh, all my social media handles are at Chris Strub, C H R I S S T R U B. I love being on Twitter and of course Instagram as well. And my my personal website is teamstrub.com. Plenty of information there on where you can get the books. You can get some of the course materials that I've created. Uh, we'll have more information about the Streamer uh, Story Tour. And of course, that website with the ticket information. Uh, tickets are available now um, at streamyourstory.net. Um, but Edwin, this has been an absolute joy, my man. This has been so much fun. 
what a pleasure. And thank you to the guests that have been listening live as well. I mean, how, how special is that? That's amazing. Chris, I mean, this is this is live streaming at its best almost because you don't see us because, uh, you know, I'm sitting in my pajamas. No one knows. No, just, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing I got. But Chris, again, it's been an absolute pleasure. Let's let's try to make this happen again, because I uh, I totally I totally love this live streaming stuff. I, I mean, I'm just really getting on board in terms of sort of live content. So I'd love to have you. Uh, it would be a pleasure to have you co-host again in the near future. Edwin, I'd love to. This has been a joy. Thank you so, so much to you and especially to all of your listeners for, for joining us. It is a, a privilege. There's so many different places to spend your time on the internet and to, to spend your time here with me and Edwin has been uh, just uh, an absolute treat. So I'm Chris, thank thanks. You. Uh, thank you and uh, good luck on your tour. We'll talk soon. All right, man. I'll see you up there. The Business Leadership Podcast live. Um, as Chris mentioned, it's an almost actually it's an almost daily show. It's typically Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, so if you haven't done so yet, be sure to check my website, thebusinessleadership.com. You'll find out all the recordings that we've done, all my exclusive interviews. Chris will show up there as well. And also, please be sure to check out my podcast, The Business Leadership Podcast, where I sit down with amazing business leaders uh, to discuss their personal journey and their learnings and their experience for business leadership new episode drops every tuesday you could catch it on iHeartRadio, spotify itunes or wherever you listen to your podcast that's a wrap happy wednesday everyone and have a fantastic week edwin signing off